Welcome to this. Out a few minutes ago on August 29th. So uh, we are expecting landfall about 12 hours from now. So guys, let's uh, let's jump right in. And I want to, Jeff Evans, uh, if we could, I want to start with you because um, people may not know that you actually worked in the Tallahassee area, National Weather Service office there. So you have a little intimate knowledge of that area. What are your thoughts on this storm so far? Well, I mean, it's 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 a bit of a worst case scenario. Uh, when we when I I used to work there, as you mentioned, as a manager in the Tallahassee office, and when we would go around and do exercises, this is the kind of storm we would draw up. You know, a category three or four storm making landfall up in Appalachia Bay. Um, it's just a worst case scenario on on many fronts. Uh, first of all, the uh, we've never had a storm this strong. So it's, this is something that nobody has ever lived through in that part of the country. They've never seen a storm like this, uh, assuming it, it does uh, bomb out when it hits that warm water is expected tonight and get up to that category three level. Never had a category three, four or five storm make landfall on Appalachia Bay. Uh, it's an uh, extremely uh, storm surge prone area. Uh, just the shape of the coastline and how shallow that uh, the bay is. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be a significant storm surge really from, uh, you know, just north of St. Petersburg all the way around towards Apalachicola. Uh, going to see some record uh, levels of surge. And, you know, Cedar Key with uh, Hermine in 2016 uh, got up about six feet of surge. Uh, they're forecasting 12 feet. So, I mean, you're looking at, you know, doubling uh, surge records in some of these areas. Now, fortunately, this is not what we would typically consider a coastal area. I mean, it's not like there's a beachfront and roads that run along it. These, the, the, the coast up there is very uh, tidal marshy, um, a lot of fishing camps and, and homes up on stilts. Uh, but uh, 15 feet of water, is that's going to get in the second level and get up into some of these uh, 10, 12 foot high uh, stilted homes. So quite a bit of damage there uh, we can anticipate. And then the other big factor why it's a worst case scenario is the uh, the tree canopy. This is a heavily wooded area uh, of Florida. Um, you know, the joke in Florida was the farther north you got, the farther the, the more southern it became. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it's much more southern feel to it. A lot of uh, Spanish moss, a lot of canopied roads. It's a beautiful area, um, but it's it's going to get put to the test uh, late tonight and tomorrow uh, with, with these winds uh, coming across. And we significant amount of trees down. Um, and so you know, a lot of folks that they're going to stay behind, um, you know, the, the roads are going to be impassable for quite a while. Some of the rural areas are going to be impassable for, you know, could, could be days before, uh, you know, they can cut their way out uh, and, and, you know, they're going to have to prioritize the major thoroughfares and, and, and work their way backwards. Um, it's a fast moving storm. Um, you know, the good thing on that is that the, uh, it's not going to be a, uh, Harvey, it's not going to be a you know a, a twenty five inch rain type of storm. Uh, it's going to be a four to eight inch, twelve inch type of rainfall. Uh, but that forward mo uh, movement, especially uh, coming uh, making landfall in the morning, so it's going to be moving across some of these areas during uh, the peak heating. Uh, that's going to enhance the uh, the inland wind effects uh, quite a bit. It's you know with this kind of forward motion, it's going to continue. 
uh, to bring hurricane force winds all the way into, say, Valdosta and maybe all the way across uh, South Florida uh, to near Savannah, where, where it makes a second exit there near the coast. So uh, hurricane uh, warnings are in effect across that whole area. I was talking to an emergency manager in Valdosta just before this podcast. We're still friends. Uh, and I, you know, I, I, I told him, you know, 80 to 90 mile an hour winds with higher gusts is what you're going to see. And your folks have never seen this before. Uh, so folks that think they have seen this, they have not. Um, so that that's going to be a big problem. We know we've dealt with that here with with multiple storms. You know, Jeff and I have gone around done a lot of surge surveys and, and we hear the same story. This has never happened here. This has never happened here. They didn't comprehend it. Uh, so trying to get that message out there. But this is a. This is one to, 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 to watch. This is going to be another another historic storm. And it, depending on how strong it gets, if it gets to a Cat 4 level, let's say, it'll be, what, six out of seven years, uh, Cat 4 rapid intensifier in the Gulf right before landfall. So um, the, the trends are, uh, you know, they're not good uh, for this storm. And it's really moving into favorable conditions tonight. Yeah, just uh, the latest update again, just coming out about 10 minutes ago from the National Hurricane Center, current location 26.9 north, 84.7 west, about 155 miles west-southwest of Tampa, Florida, about 400 or 245 miles south of Tallahassee, maximum sustained winds now at 105 miles per hour, present movement north at 16, so that's bumped up a couple of uh, miles per hour, I think. And then minimum central pressure dropped again, now down to 965 millibars. Yeah, I think if, I think the next thing we're going to talk about is the wind. So, so Jeff, talk, talk, you know, you're you're kind of you lived in that area for a long time. You, you talked about the wind a little bit. What do you think about a the wind in Tallahassee, and then b some some reference you, you mentioned Valdosta, a comparison of how far Valdosta is inland to maybe something around here in Southeast Texas. Uh, so I, I would say maybe like uh, Conroe, okay. um, something along those, so something along that level there, uh, be the distance, uh, you know, and uh, for, for Tallahassee itself, I mean, that you show the population when you look at this part of Florida, that's that's the state capital. That's Florida State University, major university. Uh, so about a half a million uh, people, I believe, uh, in, in that in that general area. Um, they're going to look like they're going to be on the west side of the storm. This is going to be very similar to Hermine's track in 2016. The Hermine was a Cat 1. We're looking at a Cat 3, so magnitude's higher. Uh, but uh, certainly, you know, I, you know, 80, 100-mile-an-hour winds across a big part of the capital city there. Uh, and, you know, these these aren't thunderstorm winds. These last. So this is going to be several hours uh, winds uh, out of the east and then out of the northeast, really, really hammering uh, the capital city there and, and that whole area. Um, it's, 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 it's going to be rough and, uh, you know, a lot of trees on homes too. So, uh, that, that's going to be a, a tough one. We, we, ideally you'd want to shelter like you would for a tornado. <clears throat> so tonight, if you, you know, people in Tallahassee, that whole area, you know, get inside an interior room, um, especially when those winds start picking up, uh, towards, uh, you know, middle of the night towards daybreak, um, and, and try to protect yourself from, from anything, you know, from the outside, trees coming down, windows getting uh, blown in. If you, you know, people weren't able to board up their windows, um, it, it's it's going to be something that again, I, I don't think folks are totally prepared for it because this is nobody's lived through this. They haven't had to deal with this before, and it's generational. Several generations back haven't had to deal with this. So, um, just because someone's lived there for fifty years doesn't mean it, it, it this can't happen because it's it's about to happen and. 
Um, you know, forecasts have been talking about this being a major hurricane. Um, and actually, the intensity forecasts have been out ahead of the guidance. The forecast have been a little bit lower. The hurricane center has been out ahead of that and going stronger than a lot of the model tracks. So, um, yeah, there's going to be a big swath, even into Tallahassee, of, of 100 mile an hour winds uh, with some higher gusts. And then, obviously, there's that added threat of, of you know winds with the squalls and even tornadoes uh, when the system comes in. So, I want to go back to this. This is uh, just the um, kind of uncertainty. You see the hurricane warning outline in red there. Uh, landing is a major hurricane sometime tomorrow morning, as we just saw the tropical storm. Force winds arriving about 2 a.m. Uh, Wednesday morning, tomorrow morning. And then still, notice a hurricane still by 2 p.m. Wednesday in Georgia. Still a tropical storm. Tropical storm force winds in South Carolina and North Carolina as late as Thursday afternoon. This thing uh, is moving fast. And uh, boy, there's a lot of trees and, and a lot of people between uh, where it is now and where it's going to end up Thursday afternoon. Absolutely. And the, and the confidence is, is relatively high at this point in the forecast track. That, that's now? correct. And that's going back to that cone graphic. Um, you know, one thing that we, you know, we'd like to highlight and, and Jeff and I, we talk about this all the time is look at those impacts that are going to be outside that cone. So people don't understand what that cone really is showing. That cone is just showing where the center of the storm will most likely track. Uh, the impacts are going to be way outside that cone. Uh, and that's why you see that hurricane warning extending from near Tampa all the way to, you know, Apalachicola. And then, uh, you know, as you mentioned, tropical storm all the way up into, a, you know, the, even uh, north of Savannah and into Charleston area. Uh, hurricane, you know, so you, so there's going to be a significant amount of impacts that are not going to be captured by this cone. So that's why we always tell people to be very, very careful of the cone. And when you look at the surge uh, on that dirty side, the east side, it runs all the way down the west coast of Florida, where you're going to have uh, salt water inundation over dry land, um, and, you know, well, well outside that cone. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about the surge for a minute, because, I mean, that, that's going to be the legacy of the storm. You know, yeah. it's it's going to be, you know, yes, the winds are going to be bad. The inland winds are going to be bad. But the storm surge is is what is going to be, you know, a probably historic in here, um, you know, just because of the fact they haven't had anything like this in modern times. Um, the closest reference you can probably pull is, is Superstorm 93. Uh, which is magnitudes uh, lower than than what we're probably going to be facing up here, and so, you know, Jeff, let's let's talk a little bit about the the nature of storm surge in that Big Bend area of Florida. Yeah, so you know, I kind of alluded to this in, in kind of in the intro there. That you know, uh, you can see how that coastline is formed. It's it's going to trap. So as water gets pushed up there with those winds, with this uh, the hurricane coming in, especially these really, really intense winds on the east side of it, it's gonna shove a lot of water up into Northwest Florida. It has nowhere to go. It's getting trapped by that almost basin of the coastline. So that's, that's one major aspect of why it, this is such a surge prone area. The other aspect is it gets, it's, gets pretty shallow pretty quickly and that bay is shallow. So those people don't realize how deep a wave really can be in the ocean. And when you take off that bottom of it, it forces that wave to come up. So, uh, so that water level is going to, is going to be higher uh, above, above ground, uh, given that shallow, shallow water uh, tendency there in that area as, as it comes in. Now, one thing fortunately is when you have shallow bays like this, 
uh, you typically don't get those ma massive waves. Uh, there's still going to be fairly significant waves, uh, but you, you, the wave action is going to be driven by that wind. It's going to be there. It's going to have that battering effect, uh, but it's not going to be like what you would see in some uh, maybe the east coast of Florida where you have a really, really deep water shelf uh, right off the coast. The other thing about surge, and again, Jeff and I, you know, we talked to witnesses here in the last few years that people don't realize is how fast it comes in. Uh, they think this is going to be like a tidal rise and it's going to be over a period of six hours. From what we've been told, it goes from ankle deep to chest deep in a matter of like 20 minutes. Uh, so it, it comes in more like a tsunami. And that's how you almost have to think of this, that uh, you need to get out of this tsunami zone, uh, this evacuation, these evacuation areas. People need to take those seriously. When that water starts, if you didn't leave, you need to get up. You need to get vertical and get out of that water uh, as soon as you can. Yeah, so some of the values that, that is being forecast right now, uh, kind of in that northeastern, eastern side of that Big Bend area of Florida, um, kind of from Yankee Town northward up to southeast of Tallahassee is 10 to 15 feet. Now that's 10 to 15 feet above normally dry ground. So if the ground out in front of your house is normally dry, Cedar Key, um, Keaton Beach, those areas there, um, we're talking 10 to 15 feet above that. That, you know, the top of a, a, a first story house is, you know, anywhere from eight to 10 feet tall. So we're talking over the top of a, of a one story house, likely into the second story of elevated structures. Um, and then you do have some wave, maybe not the big, great big waves that you get sometimes, but you're probably at least gonna get four or five feet right. of wave action potentially. And then the force of that water moving inland, the wind forcing yes. that water, rushing, pushing it uh, inland. And, and, and think about that, 10 to 15 feet of fast moving water with wave being pushed up against structures. And, and, it, and that's why they use the term unsurvivable yeah. because you, it, and as you mentioned, it's like a washing machine. I mean, right. it's, it's just sloshing forward and back and you got debris in there being battering against structures that might've been standing and you start battering it with these waves and uh, winds for hour, a couple hours with, with debris. Uh, it, it literally is unsurvivable. So Jeff, you've been down in this area. You know, when we were down with Ian last year in uh, Southwest Florida doing the survey, we, there, there's a lot of coastal high-rise condos, hotels, multi-story, so folks could get up above that. Is is I, I don't get the impression that's what this is here. It's, it's no, this is it, not a. Um... You know, this isn't Destin. This isn't Fort Myers Beach where you got these beautiful sandy beaches and the big condos and it's it's a beach vacation location. No, this is a fishing area. Uh, there really isn't much beach at all. Uh, so you don't have those uh, structures to run into. Now, the one advantage is these aren't barrier, other than Cedar Key, these aren't barrier islands. So uh, you just have to get inland. Um, but people need to realize, especially along the mouth of the Suwannee River and some of these rivers in there, uh, this surge is going to go well up into those rivers. Uh, you know, we've seen that with several storms as well, where, uh, you know, that those rivers that dump into the Gulf, it's going to push a lot of water up in there uh, for miles inland. Uh, so, yeah, people uh, will have to get away from those rivers and, and, and drive inland uh, as soon as you can if folks haven't left yet. But the but the idea is that you have to leave. There there's yes. there's no structures really that are in this area that you can get to that you can get high enough. Is kind of what I'm hearing. 
No, I mean, yeah. you know, you see videos uh, with hurricane chasers and they want to chase these and they get into these elevated, you know, concrete parking garages. Uh, you're not going to find that down there. You're, you're not mm -hmm. going to get that right here on the coast. So, um, you know, I, I'm assuming a lot of chasers are probably uh, putting cameras and then uh, leaving to go inland because there's just not a you, there's not a place where you can ride this out. You couldn't you couldn't pay me enough money to get anywhere near uh, this uh, purple surge area uh, tonight, tomorrow. So it, it sounds like you're kind of describing southern Louisiana, like that area, southwest Louisiana, uh, southern Louisiana. You know, there's homes, there's fishing camps, but there's not big hotels and condos and apartment buildings. And the, and the, and the water just gonna, is going to come in and cover all this up and get to really high depths. Absolutely. And, and I don't know how many people have ever been to Savannah, but, you know, that, that's kind of a, more of a vacation spot. So anyone who's been to Savannah, you can visualize kind of what this looks like. more. It's, it's just a lot of uh, ostuaries and, and marshy area, a lot of reeds, um, you know, and things that didn't just kind of all of a sudden just get the, the open ocean out there. Uh, but it can go like a mile with just marshiness. And um, it's, it's just like I said, just not a not a real beachy area um but that you know it this is they've never seen anything like this so uh there's just nothing on record uh to compare this to this is going to be a historic storm it is probably going to be known for a massive surge um i hope 15 feet holds it um it'll be interesting to see uh when they get out there and find out after the fact Jeff uh, Evans, what's the road evacuation situation like getting out of there? So it varies uh, for the area there up at the Big Bend, just southeast of Tallahassee. The uh, evacuation road network is actually quite good. Um, there's there's quite a few people have homes uh, down there, uh, you know, from St. Mark's uh, around to Alligator Point and around to uh, Apalachicola. There's a, there are a lot of clusters of homes. Um, I've seen already on the news, a lot of those folks have, have left and already up into Tallahassee. Uh, so that, that part, the evacuation looks pretty good. The other areas, it's more limited. Uh, there's, there's just a few roads that run in and out um, uh, from the coast area. But fortunately, it, they're just not very heavily populated. Um, you know, and, and hopefully a lot of those folks uh, heeded these warnings and, and have already gotten out. So, um, you know, it, it, won't, it would not take long uh, to get out of there, uh, to get to a safe area uh, if folks haven't left. But you're not going to want to wait much longer because these tropical storm force winds and you can uh, are going to be arriving here uh, sometime after dark. Yeah, that's about 2 a.m. So uh, just a little over uh, six hours from now. So, um Moving on to, to rainfall, it's a fast moving storm, so not, not a big issue. We see the highest rainfall according to this graph between six and 10 inches, and that's pretty much where the ice coming in. Most of the areas around that, on the dirty side, especially getting four to six inches. So that is one positive note from the storm. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and that fast forward motion helps uh, this quite a bit. Now, that being said, this is still six to 10 inches over a relatively short period of time. Uh, and Tallahassee is an urban area. Um, they, they've, they have a history with uh, tropical flash floods like we do. Uh, you, you put three inches an hour over a lot of concrete. Uh, you can't engineer your way out of that. So um, flash flooding is certainly going to be a concern, um, but it, it's not going to that's not what this storm is probably going to be known for. Uh, I think the wind and the surge are pretty much going to be uh, uh, what, what, what drives the narrative when we look back at, at, 
another I name, which might likely is going to get retired. I've seen the, you know, I know we kind of skipped, went through evacuation pretty quick there, but I, I, I did see some numbers earlier where it looked like the evacuation compliance was pretty high. And, yes. and Jeff, I'd like to get your opinion on this. Um, you know, this, this area, a little bit further to the west, dealt with Michael back in 18, so over Mexico Beach. Uh, and then southwest Florida dealt with Ian uh, last year. And, and, and do you think the recentness of those storms and those images um, are helping here with this? They are. Um, and this area, you know, it it flooded with a little bit uh, with uh, Ivan. It flooded a little bit with Dennis, um, you know, uh, even with, as you mentioned, Michael, there was uh, there was a pretty significant flooding all around the St. Mark's Hermine in 2016. So these folks have seen it. And I think that it's enough that it's it's driven the compliance that they they kind of know. I think the images out of Fort Myers Beach and then and after Laura certainly helped that message as well. Um, but regardless of those storms, this one's going to trump all of those in this area. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, no matter what experience they've had, nobody has experience what this storm's going to bring. No, but if you know, even up to nine feet, like they saw with Dennis and and even with Ivan, you know that 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 caused quite a bit of damage. And and you know, uh, as Jeff mentioned, the uh, the superstorm in 1993 uh, there in the uh, kind of Taylor and Dixie counties there in, in the the area that's painted purple. Um, they had like six fatalities from that surge from that major squall line. Uh, they called it the the, the kind of non you know non named surge, so to speak. Uh, well, then that was I think six to eight feet, and there were a lot of at the time a lot of slabbed homes, and people did not realize it, and they they died. Um, so they built up. So there is a, enough history there uh, that I th I think that uh, they're, 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 that's why we're seeing higher compliance. And we saw that with Laura too. You know, there, uh, there Laura had really, really strong evacuation compliance, and we didn't get the fatalities with the, that catastrophic surge. And I think just the history with Ike and with uh, all the other storms, uh, Rita. I, I mean, you name them. Uh, that that dropped that that drove catastrophic surge into that part of Louisiana. So, so what about Tampa and Tampa Bay? You know, I don't know, if folks really understand how vulnerable. Uh, that major metro area, Tampa, St. Petersburg, Clearwater, Florida, is right there. You know, they they lucked out big time with, with Ian last year, went to the south. They had offshore wind, they had lower tides. Um, it looks like, you know, the core of this is going to go far enough north, and then they're still going to get water, and they're still going to get surge up into the bay. But do you want to elaborate a little bit on Tampa and Tampa Bay? And, and you know, for, for this case, and also just just how vulnerable they are there and how lucky they've been. Yeah. I mean, uh, all, I mean, that's another narrative that we're going to get here, right? Is that uh, Tampa got missed again. Um, mm -hmm. And it's really not going to help uh, when the, when the one doesn't miss um, because people are going to think, Oh, they always miss us. They always say they're going to hit us and they miss us. You know, the early on the Euro uh, was much farther South north down towards Yankee town. And so you would have been seeing, you know, a lot of that nine, 12, 15 foot type of surge levels into parts of Clearwater Beach, Tampa Bay, that, you know, that that's going to be a catastrophe. Again, uh, you know, they haven't been hit in a hundred years. Uh, no one's seen this, all this, the, the whole city has been developed basically since they've really been struck. Um, and then it's a populated area. Um, and so, you know, evacuations are going to be difficult. We know there's a certain percentage that are going to refuse to leave. 
We see that with every storm. Uh, in low populated areas, that's just a few people. High populated areas, like we saw Fort Myers Beach, it might be several thousand. Even those are low percentage of what's normally there, that's still several thousand people put themselves in harm's way. That's that's the future for Tampa. At some point, it's going to happen. Um, and it's, you know, we're fortunate. Uh, they, they missed it again. This is in, this is going to go into a much less populated area. Uh, but there's there's no magic there uh, that that's protecting that city and that that region. It's 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 one of the cities that the Hurricane Center is most concerned with that that are kind of well overdue. Uh, and there's some other ones, Jacksonville on the other side of the coast. Uh, heck, you could even argue here in Houston where we're well overdue uh, for something. And uh, Corpus Christi, uh, there's there's there are a number of uh, populated areas that uh, have been missed um, and. Unfortunately, I think this is going to add to the narrative. Like, see, they 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 always say they're going to get us, and they don't. This is two years in a row now uh, that there was a lot stronger messaging in Tampa early on, and then they kind of backed off as the tracks materialized. Last year with Ian, we saw uh, water actually getting sucked out of the bay in Tampa for right. a, a short time. No water. And, yeah, right. And uh, how is this storm different from Ian in terms of of that? The, because this showing four to six foot storm surge for, for uh, yeah, and that, that's because they're on that dirty side of the storm. Side, yeah. on, for Ian, they were on the the the, uh, the northwest side of the storm, so all of that wind was offshore and you know significant hundred mile an hour winds offshore, uh, and over time it blows that water out. We saw that in our area with Rita. Mm -hmm. uh, where Rita made landfall and we had that strong offshore flow. We had low water conditions in parts of the bay. Um, so, yeah, this one's different. Uh, you know, they are on the dirty side, so they're still looking at four to six feet of inundation. That's still going to cause some problems. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, that's going to that's going to put some water in some homes uh, into, into some uh, some areas there. So there's going to there's be some salt water uh, flooding in that area. And it, and it still um, could be dangerous it could be deadly even down that that area which is why the surge warning extends as far south as it does because you know we, we talk about this but this is all relative so uh just because it's not in the bullseye 10 to 15 foot area doesn't mean it it's not going to be dangerous outside of those areas because when you look at those values you know six to nine feet four to six feet um you know that that's that's still quite a bit of salt water over dry land yeah yeah and of course, there's always the threat of tornadoes. Um, how, you know, according to the SBC, of course, this is severe weather, slight risk here, but how far inland would you say the, the threat exists for tornadoes going into Georgia, South Carolina and beyond? So, so this outlook runs through uh, right around landfall. So if you go to the day two outlook, uh, you'll see for tomorrow, uh, but it's going to continue with the center of the storm. Um, now this one actually gets off the coast. Uh, so it moves uh, relatively quickly there. And so you can see uh, where they're highlighting And Typically again, it's on the right side of the center. Uh, that's where your, your uh, low level shear is most intense. Just the, you know, shows, you know, that's where those, the winds set up most favorably where the instability, which is how volatile the atmosphere is, is contained in that, that yellow area there. Uh, so that, so tornadoes are going to be a, be a concern for sure. Um, and we've seen storms, um, 
heck, Rita was one that it was the day after landfall, Fort Well Inland, that we uh, had a bit of a tornado outbreak. And a storm like Ivan, uh, we had three or four days of tornado outbreaks as that center moved up into the mid-Atlantic. Uh, even tornadoes as far as uh, D the D.C. area two days after Ivan's landfall. Now, with Adalia here, this one's going to look like it's going to move off the coast. So that's that's going to limit the risk to just a couple of days. So this is a historic storm. Um, Major Hurricane Cat 3 has never entered Appalachian Bay in recorded history. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's, there's just there's no historic record in this in this part of, of Florida. You know, this is you know you, this part of Florida, the Jacksonville um, area, the the Georgia coast are, are are two kind of areas that just because of their location where they're located, because of the concavity shape of the coast, they don't jut out like South Florida, Southeast Louisiana, or North Carolina. It's it's rare to get storms into these areas, and if you think about where this is in the Gulf of Mexico, the majority of our storms move from east to west or southeast to northwest, and so that is not a favorable track to get a storm in here. Um, but something coming up from the Western Caribbean going due north, or something coming out of the Southern Gulf and moving northeast is is really the only way you kind of get it. And if you if you look at the the area of this, it's relatively small. And so to get that track that comes up just perfect is is really a rare occurrence. And it, it just hadn't happened since the 1850s or so, since we have reliable records going back now. It certainly has been possible before. One thing I'd like to ask Jeff, um, you know, this is late August. And does this, this track to me is much more something you'd see in late September or October? Right. You know, it's... You get the Western Caribbean that's getting pulled up to the north northeast quickly ahead of a trough and all that kind of stuff. A little bit rare, I guess, for 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 late August. I mean, it happens, but well, it, it, yeah, and I think that's why uh, they typically don't get uh, major hurricanes in here because typically at, at this point uh, we're a little bit later in the season. The water's still not this warm, and um, with the shear, they they don't get cat through. They begin weakening as they make landfall as they approach this 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 part of Florida typically. So, you know what might have been a cat three uh, like Alina or another storm back in the eighties or 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 Kate in nineteen eighty five was a, a strong two ends up making landfall barely as a one. They weaken as they come in. Um, but this is an unusual summer. It's an unusual pattern that we've been dealing with, um, and the the water temperatures you know. This, this part of Florida has been dealing with similar heat and drought conditions that we have, not quite as extreme, but still pretty, pretty extreme. So uh, that's why this is like a bathwater up here in the Bay, which is why we think this storm is going to intensify so much. But Jeff is right. You know, typically this time of year, it's hard to get a pattern to bring one up into like this into this part of Florida. Usually, uh, you know, they're going to track uh, more west, northwest across the Gulf and then impact uh, you know, over near New Orleans or Mobile. I mean, that's that's that typical track coming out of the Caribbean or even over towards us uh, to see one curve this much and then to curve this much and then to maintain this kind of intensity and the strength in the way it is uh, very, very rare, which is why we've never seen it before. So so one question I've been, you know, asked both with Harold, uh, well, the last weekend, and now this storm is, you know, how much of it is Gulf water temperatures? How much of, you know, the, we all know the Gulf is very warm this year. 
Um, and how much of that is playing into it? And, and Jeff, I'll have you comment on this in a second. But you know, one thing I'll say is this system has been sitting over the Northwest Caribbean for uh, you know t- two days. It was meandering down there over very very warm water, and it was still only a tropical storm. It was kind of in its formative stages and all that. And so, you know, even though the Gulf is very warm, but the potential is very high, and we're going to realize that potential here. There's more that goes into these things and their intensification than just the water temperature. And if, if, if you don't have the right conditions aloft and, and you don't have moisture and you don't have low wind shear, it's very difficult uh, for these storms to get together. That's what we saw with, with this system earlier. Now we have the water temperatures and a favorable upper air and moisture environment and that's what's really resulting in this going and so just the water temperatures alone are just one piece of that puzzle and, and so yes it adds to it and yes there's a lot of fuel but everything else has to line up too right they have to absolutely i mean it's 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 similar in a lot of ways with uh, a lot of big storms be it a, uh, why we don't get um, major historic blizzards why we don't get major historic tornadoes all the time it, it's the ingredients have to be in place. They're hard to get all of that together at the same time. Um, but in this case, as Jeff said, this thing meandered down there off the off Cosmel and Yucatan for several days. Um, and it, it just finally got, it got going. And now with these water temperatures, maybe instead of being a high end cat one or cat two, now we're looking at a cat three because all of those other things came together. They put this storm in place and it's moving over now really, really favorable warm water. So <clears throat> we talked about, touched on the population of Florida earlier. This is a creditreddit.com, um, just a graphic of the counties in Florida, over 2 million, obviously the Miami area um, with the most population. But uh, this storm moving in around this area right here, um, and if you're going to have a storm hit Florida in terms of population and structures and things like that, that's uh, that's the least populated area. No, there's no doubt. Um, but on the flip side, you have a, a tree canopy that hasn't been tested by anything like this. Um, so it's it's the vegetation up there is it's been thriving for a hundred or more years and never really been put through what it's about to get put through. Uh, and we saw that with Michael as well, farther west, you know, Panama City and up into far southwest Georgia, where it was just like a lawnmower. Uh, you know, it was, it, it, people have a hard time comprehending uh, what this tree damage is going to look like uh, well up uh, into at least south central, if not uh, parts of southeast Georgia. Indeed. Well, guys, um Guess we'll we'll wrap up this edition of uh, Weather Insights. Any final thoughts? You know, hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, we're we're gonna see this tomorrow. You're gonna see. I don't know how much we're actually gonna see tomorrow because I don't think there's gonna be a lot of people down there on the coast. It's not it's not gonna be like Ian. Um, and so you'll you'll see some inland inland reporting and and stuff like that. But I, I think most of the TV folks are probably gonna pull back off the coast. Um, because there's just there's nothing there that you can safely do this in, um, and, and then we'll see. You know, it's probably going to be Thursday or Friday before we get uh, overhead images of, of what it looks like down there. And um, again, you know, hopefully the evacuation compliance is there. Hopefully people don't stay. You know, Jeff and I, I we know from from doing these surveys in the past, 
there is that there is that segment that that they're not going to leave and there's there's nothing that we can say that really anybody can say to get them out of there um but hopefully that's that's relatively small and, and it looks good what i've seen today the compliance numbers around cedar key and that were, were upwards of the upper 90s i mean that's almost unheard of in hurricane evacuation and so if, if that's the case you know hopefully fingers crossed um, we, we're, we're going to get this big historic surge, but no loss of life. And then, you know, of course, the, the inland wind impact, the loss of power um, and all that. And, and those will be the legacies of, of this storm. Yeah, just just keep those th people in your thoughts and prayers for the next 24 hours. They're really going to go through a lot. Um, I don't think, as I mentioned, people can comprehend the kind of uh, a tree damage that they're going to be going through. Um, it's going to be a rebuild that's going to be uh, in the weeks, uh, if not months, uh, for a, a big part of this area. Uh, a lot of people will be without power for quite a while. So so keep thinking of them. Uh, and, the, and lastly, uh, one thing that we have seen recently uh, with several of these uh, major hurricanes are, are we have more people die after the storm than during the storm. And so people need to be very, very careful uh, with their own limitations, understand you can't go back into air conditioning if you're going to be out working and trying to clear tree limbs and, and, and cutting trees, uh, uh, you know, off your driveway and such. Um, and, and and understanding how to work a generator and make sure your generators are outside and not put into home. So, um, you know, that's that's going to be the next message. The emergency management is going to be having to really push out uh, in that area is, uh, you know, don't be one of these statistics after the storm where, where you die uh, from a secondary cause. Um, because it's 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 going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of uncomfortableness. It's still late August. Um, just think of how hot it's been. Can you imagine not having power for a couple of weeks? Uh, you know, you might get by a day or so, but it starts wearing on you uh, after a few days, and it really really builds. And then the the lastly, it's uh, you know depression and different things. People have lost everything. Uh, that's that's another uh, cause of a, a lot of uh, injuries after the storm and a lot of mental well being and angst uh, after these storms. So just think, keep keep, keep these folks in your prayers. Uh, they're going to need it. Uh, it's going to be a long uh, long twenty four hours, if not a long couple weeks. Yeah, quick recovery uh, and our best wishes for those in Florida guys. Thanks for joining. All right, thanks. Have a good night, guys.